Hello, everyone. I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So, without further ado, let's get started. So we all have a unique way of coping. Like in last week's episode, I described that with defense mechanisms, not only does our body know how to defend itself against sicknesses and diseases, but our minds have a way of defending itself from experiencing a high intensity of anxiety, whether it be from stressful situations or thoughts and emotions that can make us feel like we are so out of control of our emotions and out of control of the situations that happen to us. And this is a very unique way that the mind is able to defend our ego, to defend our our own personality, our psyche. But did you know that there are ways that we can actually take proactive measures in order to protect ourselves and we can do this in a healthy manner? And this is actually through coping mechanisms. Now you're probably thinking, well, Aren't they the same thing? And essentially, you know, defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms have this similar, like, intention, has the same type of goal. They both are used to handle and manage stressful situations, except there are very big differences in defining the two because defense mechanisms are ways that we handle and manage our stress that occur unconsciously. So our mind has its own way of handling those situations that induce that stress and anxiety because as I mentioned, our ego does not want to feel overpowered by the needs and desires that our super ego wants or our ed wants. It's trying to play this balancing game and it doesn't want to feel out of balance. It wants to do things realistically. It wants to satisfy our moral wants and needs and our basic wants and needs. So it needs to balance everything in order for us to not feel that high intensity of anxiety because those things threaten the ego. So defense mechanisms is a part of our psyche. It's a part of understanding and regulating our soul and how we respond to things. But coping mechanisms are things that we actually do purposely and consciously to manage external situations that we can truly see is causing a problem in our lives. So if there's a situation in front of us that makes us feel stress and we are recognizing that it makes us feel stress, we are able to go through different scenarios and situations to help regulate and de-escalate our emotional response to that stress. And this is in the way of us trying to find ways to cope with those situations. And we all have different things that make us feel good. You know, that's the point of a coping mechanism. It's a way for us to make us feel happy, to make us feel comforted. And this is almost um, 
touching on things that I've mentioned in past episodes. You know, when we experience stressful situations that can even be deemed as traumatic, we are trying to find ways for us to feel safe because when we are placed in situations that make us feel vulnerable and it makes us feel unsafe, we are trying to balance that by trying to feel safe. And sometimes this can be almost stressful in itself because you're wondering, what makes me feel safe? What makes me feel secure? What makes me feel like I'm in control? And when we're in external, when we're experiencing external situations that make us feel like we're out of control, as human beings, we're trying to regulate that. We're trying to gain control because we're trying to de-escalate ourselves. We're trying to figure out, okay, like I'm not trying to you know, be aggressive in the situation, or I'm not trying to burst out in tears. Like, how can I regulate me dealing with everyday stress? And the matter and the reality of it is that we all deal with stress. We all deal with stress in our own ways, you know, whether it's at work, whether it's with family or with friends, or just within our own mind, we're always dealing with some type of stress. And stress itself as a word already sounds stressful. You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds like, oh, when you think of stress, you just think of something that's high intensity, in your face, makes you really feel uncomfortable, out of your comfort zone. But the reality is, is that stress, just like everything, is on a spectrum. And it's based on our own personality and the things that we deem to be stressful is how we have like a meter of the things that happen in our life of how stressful is it from um, from a scale of one to 10? How do I feel in a situation that makes me feel vulnerable? And how vulnerable does it make me feel? Is it in a way that's helping me grow or is it in a way that's making me feel uncomfortable? And if it's making me feel uncomfortable, why do I feel uncomfortable? So let's break these things down. I mean, let's really go in depth with understanding coping mechanisms. So like I said, aside from our personality traits, aside from the fact that we all develop in our own ways based on, you know, our family and how we develop our own morals, values, and belief systems, and just how we interact with people in our own environment and how the environment interacts with us in relation to culture, just like defense mechanisms, like we have our own way of dealing with situations. And defense mechanisms are unique to us just as much as coping mechanisms are unique to us because we have the conscious decision to figure out what makes us happy, what's going to help us de-stress ourselves. And that's something that we have free reign of doing because it helps us reduce that stress. So psychologically in the world of psychology, there are three major categories of coping mechanisms. And I want you to keep in mind that just like I mentioned how stress is on a spectrum, your coping mechanisms is based on what you associate to be a coping mechanism. And every coping mechanism is going to be different for every stressful situation. And I feel like you might feel very stressed out by feeling, oh, like I only need one coping mechanism to deal with one type of stress. Like coping mechanisms is not like a one size fits all type of ordeal. It's something that is uniquely catered to whatever is making us feel stressed and how much it's making us feel stressed. So just like I said, that spectrum of feeling vulnerable and how and, and unsafe from a scale of one to 10, like one being like, oh, I feel, I don't feel that vulnerable. Like I, I feel vulnerable, but not really to 10 being like, okay, I feel out of place. Your coping mechanisms are going to be unique to the stressor itself. 
and it's going to change on your own internal state. So you could have one coping mechanism that could work for one situation, but then it could drastically change when that situation arises again. So I'm going to use a little example. Let's say that you have test anxiety. You don't like taking tests, but you found that you have a lucky pencil and you wear a bracelet that you can fidget with to help you de-stress yourself when you're taking that test. Now, let's say it worked for that test at that one time. But let's say now you have another type of test the next time, and this one makes you feel more stressed than the last test. And all the little things that you thought helped you to reduce that stress and that anxiety isn't working. And it's like, you almost have like a little mental breakdown, like, why isn't it working? Like, I'm feeling more stress and you add on more stress. And that's why I say that your coping mechanisms are going to change as your internal state changes, as your mental state changes and your emotions change and your attachment, your emotional attachment to the stressor itself and how much it pulls on all of your boundaries or the, your ways that you feel unsafe or, or vulnerable. That is how you're going to learn how to cope. That's how you're going to recognize whether your coping mechanism is deemed as adaptive or maladaptive, aka positive, negative, healthy, not healthy. So let's talk about the first way of coping. This is called appraisal focused coping. That's the first one. So what is like, what is this? So basically, this is when you challenge your own assumptions and mindset to modify the way that you think and behave within a stressful situation. So this is by essentially assessing your situation and then trying to find a solution in order to turn that negative situation or circumstance into a positive one. Now, there are a variety of theories with just this type of coping. And Essentially, the appraisal, um, the appraisal coping is essentially saying, okay, this one situation that's stressing me out, like, let me try to filter that. Let me try to put it into categories in my mind so I can rationalize and I can modify how I act in order to have more control of this situation or to turn it from a negative situation to a positive situation. And we do this by essentially the way that we filter is like, okay, like, Let's start with a primary appraisal. Um, what? How is this stressor making me feel? Is it positive? Is it dangerous? Like, it's is it really pulling at me emotionally and making me feel vulnerable, or is it completely irrelevant? And from there, you move on to like the secondary appraisal. Like, okay, let's say this was positive. Now, is it insufficient? Like, do I have the 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 resources that I need to handle this situation or do I not have it? And that's where this level of stress comes in because when you are out of control and when you don't have the resources that you need, you feel like that one little stressor could make you feel like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden you realize that it is a big deal. So going back to my example about the test, Let's say that you studied for that test. And even though taking the test, the action of taking that test is stressful, you've decided, well, this isn't dangerous. It's not something that's making me feel unsafe and it's not irrelevant. So it's positive. And if it's positive, do I feel actually prepared for this test? Is it irrelevant? Like, do I have all of the resources that I need to take this test? Do I have all the knowledge I need to? Or do I not? 
and let's say that you say, oh, I don't have all the knowledge. And that's where that stress comes in. Because it's like, oh, God, I don't have everything that I need for this test. Like, what happens if I forgot my pencil? Or what happens if I get the test and I don't have all the resources that I need? And this is where when you feel that intensity of stress, not only is this pulling on you emotionally and spiritually, but physically, it's like, listen, we need to calm ourselves down. We need to find a way to cope and overcome this type of stress. And this is where other types of ways of coping comes in, which is what we're going to get to. It's either problem-focused coping or emotion-focused coping. And from there, that is how we figure out how we are going to learn and pace ourselves through the healing process. So another way that this type of coping can be used is um, when you are approached with a stressful situation and you don't necessarily want to deal with it up front. So you decide that you want to retreat or you want to almost be in like a state of denial where you want to separate yourself from that situation in order to look at it holistically and then make a decision. Another way is using humor, which is kind of silly, but um, I mean, humor is a defense mechanism, but it's also a way that we can cope with our situations. And humor can make us feel like we're turning something that we had de- like we had deemed as negative into positive, and we're balancing it out because humor can play like a greater role in us making necessary steps to deal with the situation in like small increments, where we make it a lighthearted situation instead of like something that is difficult. So let's going back to my example about the test, you know, you're in the middle of taking the test, you're in this middle of stressing out, and then you crack a joke in your head like, oh, like, whatever, you know, you, you say whatever that makes you laugh a little bit. And that alleviates and reduces that type of stress. So it's more like you're trying to see the situation as a whole and see how much it stresses you. And you could use humor to take to lighten the situation and lighten the negative impact of that situation to increase your own mood. So that is one very um, prominent example. Another type of coping that we can do is called problem-focused coping. So this type of coping is when you're focused on reducing or completely eliminating the stressor itself or the issue that caused the problem to begin with. So this is more like really trying to take your stressor and put it under a microscope. And you're trying to say, okay, where did the stressor come from? Why am I feeling stressed? Like, let me learn about this stressor so I can completely eliminate it. And I won't ever have to feel this type of stress ever again. And this is when you almost go in the the, it's like you're psychoanalyzing your own stress. You're trying to see the, the pros and cons of feeling stress. You're trying to learn about the stressor itself. It's almost like you're interrogating it. You're trying to acquire new skills so that you can battle it and learn about your stressor head on in order to manage and solve the issue itself. Because as people, you know, we don't like to necessarily repeat situations that make us feel stressed because what the brain does is that you know it stores information that we acquire from the lessons that we learn in the external world you know our interactions with people in our environment and with other situations that is all data that gets collected so that our minds can categorize what is safe and unsafe and we don't want to feel unsafe ever again we never want to feel vulnerable so our minds will say okay We don't want to feel stressed. How can we manage this? Let's solve this issue. Let's 
really eliminate it. Like, we don't want to feel this again. Let's just, let's get rid of it. And this, it can be a positive thing and it can also be a negative thing because it can kind of lean into that defense mechanism that you can fall into of like denial or like um, suppressing your um, your stresses or suppressing your emotions that are tied to that stressor because you're focusing so much on getting rid of it that you're not acknowledging how you felt in that situation so you can actually learn from it rather than forget like why it stressed you out in the first place and then you'll be approached with that same type of stressor all over again you think that you've learned from it when in reality you've actually just been in the cycle of repressing things and suppressing it and you're trying to just like pretend that it doesn't exist and live in your own fantasy world or have your own defense mechanisms that will come up that will help you escape from looking at that situation head-on and that's where you can fall into those bad type of coping mechanisms. So where are some ways that we can use this type of coping mechanism that can actually be good for us? So a way to do this is that we can, um, if we can confront the problem and we can develop like an actual way that solves the issue, that is how we can change and manage the situation. Because you can never truly eliminate a stressor. You more or less like, like I said, it's on a spectrum, you reduce how much you are emotionally reacting to that stressor and it no longer becomes like this big deal to you. But it's because you've learned how to manage it or you've changed it into a way where it's more approachable for you so that way you can confront it and acknowledge every part of that stressor. You know, when I talk about trauma and I talk about these situations that put us under a high intensity of just anxiety, it's important to look at all aspects of it, how it made you feel, why it made you feel that way. What are you going to do so that you don't put yourself in situations that's similar to that? And it's the same thing with stressors, like same thing with the situation. You can't just look at, oh, this made me feel stressed. You have to almost backtrack. Why did it make me feel stressed? Why did I feel triggered? Where did these triggers come from? And sometimes that takes like a moment, you know, maybe not in that direct situation like okay guys like hold on I need to psychoanalyze myself for a second no sometimes you need to like reflect on it write about it talk about it to somebody be open with yourself and be vulnerable with yourself in a good way where you feel like you can confide in yourself to understand why you need to manage this type of stressor or if it's something that's really making you feel uncomfortable and that uncomfortability is what's going to help you change your way to reacting to it so that way you can have ways that you are solving that issue without feeling like you're dancing around it and you're trying so between the three various coping strategies that I mentioned you're probably wondering okay queen these are all great this is all amazing however how can I figure out what my coping mechanism is going to be are there such a thing as negative coping mechanisms? Are there positive coping mechanisms? How can I define the two and how can I find ways that I can deal with my emotions and my emotional reaction to in situations that make me feel threatened, that make me feel unsafe? And I don't like to use the word positive and negative. I feel like it; those two words don't really describe how you should be looking at 
coping mechanisms. Instead, I'm going to use adaptive and maladaptive. So adaptive means that, you know, you are, it's, you're doing something that you are able to fully change and fully understand your environment or the situation. And maladaptive means that you are unable to provide like an adequate or appropriate adjustment to the situation. And that those are the two words I'm going to be using when describing different ways that maybe you want to think about when you are approached with a stressful situation. So the first example is probably the most um, definitive, basic cliche one, which is support. You know, go to somebody that you trust. Maybe you feel like in order for you to deal with your stress, you need to talk about your stress. And sometimes this support doesn't have to necessarily be with a person because you can't always have somebody holding your hand throughout life and be like your little counselor that's sitting on your shoulder, like just listening to you. Sometimes that support comes from you. Sometimes you need to become your own little therapist and you need to create a safe space within yourself in order to feel like you can confide with yourself. Because before you can even discuss to somebody how you feel about a situation, sometimes you might feel like you need to take a step back personally so that you can comprehend and you can understand what just happened. So you can communicate that to yourself. And if you wanted to go out of your way to communicate to another person how you felt, then you have the opportunity to do that. Know that talking about your stress is completely okay. It's completely normal. But just be very careful with who you confide in because not everybody is there for your own personal good. Not everybody is there to truly help you because in in times of stress, you could be confiding in someone that is adding on to that stress because they themselves are emulating more stressful energy and making you feel anxious. And that's going to make you feel not only vulnerable, but you're not going to feel heard or validated. And you don't want to feel that way because it all ties back to the fact that you feel unsafe and you don't feel like you're controlling the situation the way that you want to. So seeking external support instead of completely self-isolating is very healthy. And instead of internalizing your emotions and just not communicating and acknowledging it isn't okay. But if you're able to confide in yourself or you confide in someone that you trust, that is a very adaptive way of handling a stressful situation. Another example could be in the form of relaxation. So ask yourself, what makes me feel relaxed? What makes me feel like I am in a peaceful, tranquil state? And this is through finding different relaxing techniques or like ways that you can um, reduce that stress by using different activities such as breathing techniques or meditation, maybe getting like muscle relaxation type of therapy, like, you know, massages, um, and just other techniques, you know, even sitting in nature, something I personally love to do. I love sitting by the lakes. Like I love water. I feel like it calms me down when I am in like a stressful situation. And you find your own little place that makes you feel like you can just 
have a moment to yourself. And I think that's something I truly want to emphasize personally is that it's okay to isolate yourself sometimes. I don't like using the word isolate. I feel like it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to go within so that way you can heal from within and it will be able to you'll be able to make the necessary changes on the outside. Because like I said, sometimes you need to understand first how you're feeling before you communicate to another person. And this comes with all situations. You know, you could, if, if your loved one is making you feel stressed, you need to communicate in an effective way to let them know, hey, the way that you handle this situation or the way that you talk to me, you made me feel um, you belittled me or you made me stress out, you made me feel anxious, can you not do that because it makes me feel this way? And sometimes you need to do that in a healthy manner so that way you're not practicing ways that you're being aggressive and you're taking out on them it, internal things that you're feeling or you're projecting how you're feeling on another person. You don't want to fall into maladaptive defense mechanisms. You don't want to fall into situations where you're making another person feel stressed out. So it's okay to find your own real, little relaxing spot. You know, if you have relaxing music you like to listen to, if you like to just be in nature, if you just like to take a walk outside or just swim in the lake for a little bit, those are ways that you can relax and that's that's a way that you can cope in a relaxing way. Another way is by problem solving. So um, trying to identify the issue and then um, developing like a, a proactive plan so that way you can come up with potential solutions so you can actually manage the situation effectively. So problem solving is not like you're trying to eliminate the situation completely. You're trying to understand it so that way you can have the best solution to deal with that issue. It's like you're not going to put a tiny band-aid on a gunshot wound. You know what I mean? You're you're not going to um put like a small amount of gauze on a wound that is super deep you know what I mean like there are different ways that you have solutions for problems and that is a, a very healthy way of dealing with stressful situations understanding the severity understanding the trigger understanding your emotional response are three key things that you need in order to actually problem solve the situation and to come up with a good solution for managing it effectively. Another way is through humor. So making light of the situation, you know, we all have our own sense of humor. We have ways that makes us feel safe. And sometimes that, that sense of humor doesn't necessarily have to come from you, like making a joke. Sometimes if you have favorite comedians that you like on YouTube or um, you just want to hear somebody crack a joke for you just to make you smile, to help you handle the situation. Humor is a very good way to help you manage and regulate your emotional response because it turns a lot of that stress and that anxiety into something positive and you feel almost like you can handle the situation in tiny increments rather than dealing with it so upfront. 
Another way is through physical activity. One of my favorite ways to cope is to dance. I am a dancer. I also do yoga. I'm also a figure skater. So I have a variety of different ways that I release my stress. And I think the best tip that I could ever give to any of you is when you're doing any physical activity as far as like a coping mechanism, just be free with it. Don't criticize yourself. Don't be overly critical and don't feel like you're doing too much or too little. I'll give you an example. When I was growing up and I would deal with um, a lot of stressful situations and I didn't feel like talking to anybody, I would go dance, but I would not. And even though I'm in front of a mirror and I want to watch myself dance, I know that that would create more anxiety for me because I'll be critiquing myself and I won't actually cope with my situation. So what I would do is I would sometimes blindfold myself and I would just shuffle like my iPod to anything. I wouldn't try to pick a song and stress out over a song. I would just let my iPod do the work and whatever song came on, I would just move freely. I would just allow myself to pay attention to how my body is feeling. I would be self-aware of what is going on inside of me because I wanted to portray that emotion. I wanted to have that emotional release and physical activity is a really good way of doing that because it serves as a natural and healthy way to have that stress relief and it's just a good way to deal with a lot of um, the after effects of traumatic events and situations. I have always found that physical activity is like one of the best things um, and I'm not saying you have to go to the gym and you have to lift a bunch of weights. If that's something that you like to do, that's something you like to do. But physical activity can be anything. It could be walking. It could be running. It could be tennis. It could be swimming. It could be yoga. It could be, you know, playing with your dog. It could be anything that involves you releasing all of those um emotions that you have built up. You just need to let it go. You just need to let it out. So all of those are very adaptive ways that you can cope with stressful situations. Now on the flip side, what are some maladaptive behaviors? So what are some maladaptive coping mechanisms? Now this is why I didn't want to use the word negative because maladaptive, like I said, it means that you aren't effectively and adequately or appropriately adjusting to the situation. And this can be in the form of, in my opinion, of overindulging that turns into like addiction or um, codependency issues where you become overly attached to something. And just like the coping mechanisms that I mentioned that can be very adaptive, they can also turn to maladaptive very quickly. And the reason why is because you end up using these things as a way to escape rather than to acknowledge. Because the point of an adaptive coping mechanism is that you're releasing in order to learn and understand so you can make changes. It's to be proactive. And maladaptive is in a way where you're it's, it's almost like you are having the reaction, but you're not putting in any action to fix. Adaptive is like you have a reaction. You're going to put forth the action so that you can fix it. 
And maladaptive, like I said, it can lead to bringing harm to you physically, emotionally, and mentally. And it's ways that it can be in codependency, in addiction, and it could be in, you know, escapism. So let me explain some examples to you. The first one is, you know, through escapism. So finding a way to cope with anxiety and stress by completely withdrawing yourself from your support system. So from your friends and your family, becoming completely socially like socially isolated to the point where you absorb yourself in activity that is completely solitary. So like watching TV all day, um, just reading, spending time online, all of these things is almost like you are becoming like a hermit and you don't want to deal with anybody. It's because you're trying to escape from the situation. Now, like I mentioned before, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back from a situation because you want to look at the situation as a whole so that you can make a decision, an effective decision, so you can effectively manage the situation and manage your stress. Escapism is when you're completely retreating. You're hitting like a, okay, bye guys, I'm going to disappear now. Like you're not going to see me and I don't want to deal with my issues like, I don't want to deal with my issues. I don't want to deal with my emotions. That's scary. Bye, y'all. Don't come near me. Don't ask me what I'm doing. Like, come close, but don't. Like, you can't do that with your emotions because that will turn into a defense mechanism of suppressing and it will, and in a way of like, of you falling into your own fantasy world where you're completely dissociating and attaching, detaching from the outside world. And that is a negative defense mechanism that you can develop that turns into having very negative slash maladaptive coping mechanisms. And this could where the point where you just are causing harm on yourself emotionally and mentally. So another one is having unhealthy self-soothing. You're probably thinking, what is that? So um, things that you think are helping you can turn addictive and unhealthy very quickly. And a very common use is drug use, you know, smoking weed too much, um, drinking, binge drinking, uh, excessive use of uh, video games or being on the internet and overeating. Now you're probably thinking, Queen, I love to eat my Oreos. Don't tell me that I have to stop eating my Oreos. Or Queen, don't tell me not to play my Call of Duty. I'm going to play my Call of Duty. Or if you smoke weed because, you know, it's illegal in different states, you're probably thinking, don't tell me not to smoke my weed. I'm going to smoke my weed. The key to this is the fact that, like I mentioned, if you smoking, if you become codependent on that, if it becomes close to an addiction, if you feel like you cannot go without a day without smoking or you can't go without a day without eating, like overeating or playing video games or drinking constantly, this is where a very maladaptive defense mechanism starts developing because you not only is it an escapism, but you are suppressing your emotions because I'm going to I'm going to put it to you like this. Let's say that you had a long day at work and just all week has been long days, very stressful for you. And you found that the best way for you to distress is for you to drink alcohol. You drink like a glass of wine a day. Now, that this can become very addicting because the thing is that let's say you get to the point where you're super drunk. The issue is that 
just because you got drunk doesn't mean your situation got fixed. It's the same thing with any type of self-soothing behavior. Everything should be in moderation. Everything should be in a way that's healthy for you. If you feel like you can't go without it, then it doesn't need to be a part of your lifestyle. It doesn't need to be a part of, you know, this part of you to helping you heal. And some of you might might be a little triggered by just me saying all of that and might feel a little bit in denial. But I just want you to just t- take a step back for a second and recognize that what I'm saying is if it's if you're depending on something to fix your issues when you know it's not fixing it, then it's not a very good coping mechanism. Because the point of having a coping mechanism is so that you can learn from why you're being stressed from something so you can reevaluate your behaviors. You can't run away from your issues. You can't run away from situations that make you feel stressed because stress is going to be at every corner at any time at any place. And you need to have your own arsenal of things to help you deal with situations that might come up that will surprise you and make you feel like you're completely out of control. You don't want to fall victim to something that's not helping you make the necessary decisions so that you can move forward with your life, so that you can move forward with what you want to do. Because that glass of alcohol is not going to fix your issue. It's not going to magically make it go away. You overeating it's not going to fix your issue. You playing video games all day and not approaching the situation and isolating yourself is not going to help you. Everything in moderation is key. The next is numbing. Now, some of the self-soothing behaviors can become numbing behaviors. You know, if you engage in something so much, you become numb to the world around you and you even become numb to the self-soothing mechanism that you may have. But essentially, numbing is when you are drowning everything out and you're in so much distress that you almost override your own emotions and you become in a way where you suppress them so much that they've solidified and they've calcified in your heart and you aren't able to access how to deal with that because it's hardened so much and you've become nonchalant and you've dissociated yourself completely to the stressor itself. And that's not a good thing either. You know, you don't want to excessively eat. You don't want to excessively drink alcohol or use drugs to the point where you are physically causing so much pain to yourself and you are numbing yourself to what those coping mechanisms are doing to your body, what it's doing to you mentally and emotionally. So with your coping mechanisms, I want you to take a step back and say, hey, is this healthy for me physically? If it is, what's the moderation of what's healthy and what's not healthy? Is it healthy for me mentally? Is it healthy for me emotionally and spiritually? And all of these, you have to find a spectrum. You have to establish boundaries with yourself. You have to set your, you have to put your foot down yourself and say, you know what? This isn't good for me. Let me turn this maladaptive coping mechanism into something that's more adaptive. Another one is compulsions and being very risk-taking and impulsive. So some of these can... um. These are more like when you have so much stress and because you feel that high intensity of anxiety, it's like you're trying to feed off of that anxiety to deal with that anxiety. So this could be with 
um, experimenting with things that you've never done. It could be by having um, unsafe sex, like just having partners that you go to just to have like that, just to feed off of that adrenaline rush. It could be gambling. It could be reckless driving. It could be acting in an aggressive way. All of these are compulsions. Like they're you risk taking. It's you just acting off of your own adrenaline rush. And Sometimes you seeking that adrenaline rush is not going to help the situation either because you could be adding more stress to the situation because you're not only putting yourself in danger, but you're putting other people at danger as well. And the other one that I want to talk about is self-harm. When we deal with stressful situations, we don't want to fall into ways that we're coping to where we're causing harm on our physical bodies because our bodies naturally respond to stress physically. You know, our bodies tense up. We have ways that basically our physical radars are like, wee, 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 like, hello, like, we feel stress. Like, let's, like, let's, you know, let's protect ourselves. Our bodies will already put ourselves to help us deal with that stress. But I don't want you to engage in any self-harming behaviors. And I don't want you to feel like you're doing that because of the intense and extreme amount of stress due to a traumatic situation or to a stressful situation. And if you do have behaviors that uh, fall into this category, I advise you to, if you ever feel like you want to harm yourself, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Feel free to um, reach out to somebody that you care about. Um, there's suicide hotlines. There are um, hotlines that you can use to um, help you deal with those situations. But know that this is a safe space and I don't want any of you out there to fall into this type of coping because it's not a um, it's not something that is healthy and that's coming from personal experience. Um, I want you as my listener to be healthy and happy. So if things become too stressful, know that you have me, you have me that you can reach out to. And if you're not comfortable, it's completely fine. But know that this is a safe space for you. This is a place where you can relax, that you can take a step back and realize, you know what, like, let me try to understand my stressors. Let me relax myself. Because the last thing I'd want is for any of my beautiful listeners, any of you, to get hurt in any way. So just know that with all of these type of coping mechanisms, they are at your own discretion. They are at your own will. And you can develop whichever type of coping mechanism you want. If you feel like your coping mechanism is gardening, you go and you plant a garden. If you feel like you your coping mechanism is shopping go shop just make sure it's not excessive we're not trying to bank like break the bank um or like me i love getting my nails done i think it's the most relaxing thing on the planet um if you feel like you want to go get your nails done go get your nails done for my gentlemen out there if you feel like you want to go get a haircut you want to um go uh watch the game with your boys like go go do that take that time find what is a unique coping mechanism for you because that's what's going to help you effectively make decisions so you can manage and understand your stressors in depth. 
All right, everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. I apologize if my voice sounded a little bit raspy or hoarse. I actually have a small little ear infection, and let's say I'm a little stuffy. It's only because it is hot in Texas, and when it's hot here, we Texans love to go swimming, and frankly, I've been swimming every morning as my exercise, and let's just say that my ear did not agree with that, but I am feeling so much better, and I'm able to come on here and talk to you guys about a wonderful topic because it could be difficult to try to distinguish like defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms, but I'm very passionate in trying to help you guys um, figure out ways that you can deal with um, all parts of the lo- of like our own experiences because stress is a part of life and it's like I mentioned in my podcast it's around every corner it could happen to you at any time anywhere and in order for us to be able to be prepared for those moments we have to find ways that we can help us effectively manage our emotional response so that way we can handle and manage the stress that is happening and then the anxiety that we feel so I hope you guys enjoyed it and just like always I have some positive affirmations for you guys I am proud of myself I am becoming more confident on my healing journey I am brave and bold I am worthy and I am doing my best to manage my stress Thank you guys. I love you all and I will see you on next week's episode.